is episode 133 of Shades Midweek, a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. If you've been listening to us for a while, you know that already. If you're a first-time listener, welcome and thank you for joining us. My name is John Mark Duro. I'm one of the three hosts here at Shades Midweek, and today I'm joined by everyone here in Three Stream Studio, Brad Brown and Jonathan Haves. How was everyone's Halloween? We're a couple of days removed from All Hallows' Eve, so how was it for everyone? I just want to recognize that Brad is in the booth. I just want to recognize that he's here in the flesh. Brad, how was your Halloween slash Reformation Day? <laughs> it was great. I celebrated by taking an online class <laughs> and then doing an assignment and then staying at home and trying to get my baby to stop crying. Well, so congratulations. that was a lot of fun. How about you guys? Did you get what'd y'all do? Did Elizabeth Ann have a costume this year? She did. Jordan dressed I was about her up. To say as, like moms take advantage of those baby costumes. Oh yeah, man. yeah. Jo- uh, she was a burrito. <laughs> this is great. So I love Jordan it. put some burritos around her, and then put a like a like a case, like a burrito case. You know that. You store burritos in that tinfoil. That's what it's called. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. A burrito case. You yeah, know tin like foil. a burrito case. That's what you I'm know like how burritos foil. come out and they're kind of stored in something. That's what I'm going to call tinfoil from now on. Holly, you can mean you give wrapped me the burrito in a cases? Foil. <laughs> yeah, but I was trying to think of you know what they do at the restaurant. They don't wrap them in aluminum foil at the restaurant. Oh my word, Jonathan, how it, anyway. was your Halloween? Um, <laughs> Speaking of Reformation Day, Reformation Day. Um, wh- what I want here's what here's what I'm asking for, guys. Somebody surprise me and do this for me next year. Um, I saw uh, it was is a friend of mine. He's a he's a counselor, and his door uh, had Reese cups. You know the little individual Reese cups, like taped to it all over it, and there were 95 of them, and there was a piece oh, of yeah. paper on there that said 95 Reese's. <laughs> And then it was hashtag nailed it. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. If you don't get that joke, that means you're a normal human. <laughs> <laughs> no, it means you're a bad Protestant. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, Reformation Day, October the 31st, 1517, Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the door of the Chas- Castle Church, Church, I can't talk, in Wittenberg, Germany, thus being the spark that would ignite the Protestant Reformation. It sounds like the beginning of a documentary. 500 or so <laughs> years later, Shades Valley. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Here we are. So anyway, no, um, man, yeah. ours was kind of chill because Levi uh, was was under the weather. So I stayed home and passed out candy. Uh, and where we are, <laughs> we are the highest point in our neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so we're up on a hill. So we, don't exactly, we don't exactly get a ton of trick-or-treaters. But uh, but it's always fun to get to meet some neighbors and and talk and all this kind of thing. But Holly uh, went with the the littles and uh, the, the our little kids and went with the Nichols, and they rode around in the back of Adam's truck and went around and That's fun. did the That's fun. the whole shebang. Uh, how about y'all, Jam? We had a great time. We got with some neighborhood friends, and there's an area in Bluff Park. There's like a community pool there in Bluff Park. And around that pool, there's a few streets with some houses. You know, it's it's mostly residential back there anyways. Um, and uh, there's like three pretty specific, like three or four streets that always do like big blowout Halloween candy stuff every year. And so uh, that's where most people in Bluff Park go 
to trick or treat. Yeah, yeah dude, I don't know what that house. That feels like the new thing. Like you go to an area. Yeah, right. it's a lot of pressure yeah. on those There's, houses. It's all walking. <laughs> it is. I f- kind of feel bad, but maybe not. I mean, you live there, so. It's but you true. don't live there, so. Right. Well, it's it's typically their own fault. They create the monster, right? Because they right. give out great candy. Right. And the word gets out. Um, yeah, and like they have you, like big displays. If you want to kill that, just start giving stuff. out those orange foam looking peanut things. You know, circus or peanuts. Yeah, the circus. Pe- just start giving out yeah. that, and no. it'll it'll end quick. Moses, and, Moses and Zion got each got like four full size candy bars. Dude, wow. I was gonna yeah. say that there That's was big time money. Yeah, I looked in my kid's bucket, and there was there was some house like giving out full size full size Butterfingers, full size Hershey's, Reese's I, peanut butter cups. I do not recall ever receiving a full-size candy bar as a kid in, Always in the any situation. But anyway, my, my favorite thing, though, over the weekend, though, was we actually we got to do the hoedown. The event. hoedown yeah, hoot nanny. The hoedown hoot nanny. We, we did it. We pulled it off. <laughs> uh, despite the fact that we had to change location and time due to the threat of rain and all of that jazz. And for anybody that's like, you know, hey, you should have waited it out and all that. There was too much money wrapped up in these things. There was too much money wrapped up. Connie was booked from Mississippi. She had to know Connie what time Connie came to be from here. Mississippi. She did. She couldn't. Connie was our square dance I didn't even know that. I didn't know she came from Mississippi. I thought yeah, she was she from did. Alabama. I thought she was from Birmingham. She gets here, and I'm like, so what part of the city do y'all live in? <laughs> and she's like, we came from Mississippi this morning. I was like, oh, you're a lot cheaper than I thought. <laughs> But wow. obviously, we couldn't make a decision day of because Connie had to know when to be here. And there were some other time-sensitive things and all of that. So, But it was great. We did it here uh, at Shades. There was probably about 75 folks or so that showed up. Good group of kids with face painting and kids games. And yep. hay ri- I drove a hayride <laughs> around the parking lot. <laughs> it was a hit. Oh, it was funny. Um but then I and you know we did the hobo stew. The hobo which stew was great. Was fantastic. John I enjoyed Mark, it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, missed it. It's basically it's basically vegetable soup, but it was it was good. Yep. Like I mean, I, when you hear the concept, you're like, it's gonna be terrible. But it wasn't. It was great. It wasn't had a hot dog over the fire. Yeah. 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 Some s'mores. Uh, but what surprised me the most guys was the the line dancing and square dancing um we a lot a, of people it felt felt like a lot of people came out for that yeah a lot of people participated and i i was not prepared for the amount of hilarity that would ensue um just with with that group with a group of of people uh from shades like trying to do this together and it, it only amplified how funny it was when connie would get frustrated with us <laughs> because of how unskilled we were Oh, she didn't really get frustrated. She kind of joking. She would joke on us. It was great. Um, but yeah, so the whole thing was a blast. Uh, went really well. And I don't know. All in all, successful uh, weekend. Gentlemen, That's right. Both at Shades and in our families. Mm-hmm. So. Good stuff. <laughs> That's all I got about that. Great. Okay. All right. Well, shall we get into the well, real meat and potatoes? We're into November now officially so swapping modes we don't we don't skip over thanksgiving here at shades midweek we don't hop i know a lot of people are already putting up their christmas decor yeah i had a good friend text me yesterday that said is it okay if i just go ahead and start christmas music now and i didn't respond dude people do it (laughs) it's very controversial i didn't even say anything i just said i don't know i'm not ready for that yet so so i think we've talked about this before on shades midweek 
I do listen to Christmas music early, but it's only in preparation for what we're doing, like for Advent. Like yeah. if we're going to figure out, hey, is there a new song we want to play for Advent this year? We, we got to yeah. figure that stuff. But I don't just like start blaring it at home and all of that. So yeah. we're into November, mm. into some thankfulness here, hopefully. So, JM, do you have an album that we should be thankful for? JM's <laughs> album of That was no less terrible than your gambling transition. Uh, I for, oh, I forgot about that. I haven't. I'm sorry. Man, I forgot about this album. I have not mentioned it on JM's album of the week yet. So I like it already. I thought about it earlier today. band is called The Smile. The album is called A Light for Attracting Attention. The song is called The Smoke. I'm going to tell you about this band here. Who are they? I'll tell you who they are. You ever heard of Tom York? You ever heard of Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead? This is a side project. Two of them with drummer Tom Skinner, produced by Nigel Godrich. You know that is Tom Skinner. music during COVID-19 lockdowns. Johnny and Tom were sending musical ideas back and forth to one another. One of the other Radiohead members, Ed O'Brien, was working on his debut solo album. So Greenwood and Tom York decided to start a side project during COVID with uh, this other drummer named Tom Skinner, who's like a jazz guy. Okay. And uh, That's not the guy that's played with them before, is no, it? No, that's okay. the dude from Portishead. Okay. Yeah, so they've played some live performances. They put out a full-length record earlier this year in 2022 called A Light for Attracting Attention. It's got a great vibe. Uh, what's another good song on here that I could play a little clip of just to give you a little bit more When you context? said A Light for Attracting Attention, the first thing that popped into my head was a bug light. Bud Light? <laughs> no, no, a bug light. A bug oh. light, like a little oh, bug zapper. Like, what? Not a Bud Light. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, Jonathan. Go on. <laughs> Please tell me how these things connect. There's this one right here. This song's called You Will Never Work in Television Again. <laughs> it's a little more post-punk. So, yeah. Um, check it out. They're called The Smile. The album is called Life for Attracting Attention. I enjoy it. I like Radiohead. I'm a big Radiohead fan. Yeah. So I know Brad is too. I need y'all to put yeah. together a playlist for me or just send me a quintessential album because I've Radiohead never, playlist? Yeah. Never, get, never gotten into it. I, I have been I little sneak preview. Mm-hmm. I've been enjoying uh our Taylor Swift playlist that oh. uh, Elizabeth Sturgeon sent us. Good. I have. I have so. I've started listening to the new album. I'm reserving judgment. I, I haven't listened to the I whole thing yet. More time to reflect. But I'm I'm looking forward to, to that episode. We need to get to that a on. robust discussion. We need to get that on the schedule. 
Anyway. Maybe later this month. Maybe we can get Taylor in. All right. Brad, you got a book we can be thankful for? Mm-hmm. Takes a while, doesn't it? Takes a while to get through that song. It's ridiculous. It? When you're when you're not here, we don't play the whole thing. It takes Thank a while. you to the Denver Boys Choir as always for that beautiful introduction, and the Los Angeles Symphony Orchestra coming together for the intro. Welcome to another edition segment moment of Bradford's Book Club. I'm so glad that you've joined today. I have a book that I am just jazzed about. It's a book by a New Testament scholar named Brian Rosner. Have either of you ever heard of Brian Rosner? It's not ringing a bell. (laughs) He's a New Testament scholar. He has written uh, on a lot of different subjects. And I first heard about him from uh, Dr. Thielman, Jonathan. So no, I am a if, Dr. Thielman fan. If Dr. Thielman recommends someone, you listen and you follow and you don't ask questions. So, Rosner, uh, this is not a commentary, though. Uh, this book isn't uh, directly about the New Testament. The book is about personal identity. The title of the book is How to Find Yourself, Why Looking Inward is Not the Answer. So, I like it. Brian Rosner presents a Christian answer to the identity angst of our culture in the 21st century West, identity is everything. Following the adage, be true to yourself. We're encouraged to define our lives by gender, sexuality, ethnicity, and other characteristics. This expressive individualism promises empowerment and happiness. So why are people still unfulfilled? Is searching within the best way to find purpose? Brian Rosner argues that personal identity is formed looking not only inward, but also around to your relationships, backward and forward to your life stories, and upward to God. Prompted by his own crisis of identity, Rosner offers an approach to identity formation that leads to more secure and joyful self-knowledge, being known intimately by God and following the script of Jesus' life story. So check it out. He has a uh, more academic book on this subject, actually, called Known by God. It's a biblical theology. Yes, it's in that series edited by Carson. Yeah, the subtitle is Theology of Personal Identity. I was looking to see if there was any of his other works Uh that I would recognize. He, in that uh, New Studies in Biblical Theology series, he wrote The Paul and the Law, Yes, which would explain why, why Dr. Thielman uh, yeah, he's, he's familiar he, with him. Yeah, he looks like a Pauline scholar. He's got a book called Paul as Pastor. So looks like a fascinating guy, and I bet that that's a really good read, man. Yes. Yeah, so you, have you read uh, I've started, parts of it? Mm-hmm. I've uh, dipped my toes in it, and what I appreciated about is Rosner is critical of the um, kind of uh, cultural message of be true to yourself, but he does so in a way that isn't hostile. And also pulls what's true. So he's got a Thielman vibe, is what you're yes. saying? Yes. So he's not just a jerk about it, you know? Mm. Um, but he does it in a way that I, I, you know, he critically engages in a way that I think is helpful. And then he also speaks from his 
personal experience. And then it, it isn't a book of just criticizing our culture. It's a book in which he positively presents a vision of how do we think about personal identity? How is this informed by the scriptures? And he pulls from a bunch of different um, kind of fields to do that. And so I think you'll enjoy this book. I have so far. It's a big question. How to find yourself. Why Looking Inward is Not the Answer by Brian Rosner. Nice. Great pick. I look forward to... To diving to, in. To diving into that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway. And it's got uh, in uh, footnotes, which is amazing. It's kind of a popular level book, but it has footnotes, not endnotes. I hate... Endnotes are the worst. Endnotes. I don't care that it looks better on the page. Give me a footnote. Well, they say they do endnotes because they say that footnotes scare people. <sighs> no. Like footnotes make people feel like it's going to be too hoity-toity academic or whatever. I know. I just don't get that. I know. I don't Because either. it's so easy. You just look down, and then you look back up, you know? All right. So this has been Brad and Jonathan's segment on uh, book formatting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. All right. Well, excellent picks, guys. Um, so... You know, all things November, uh, being thankful for albums and books. Uh, being I figured, thankful. Yeah, being thankful. I figured today, in the spirit of thankfulness, I'd talk about something that I want to be clear that I am thankful for, <laughs> and that is my parents, <laughs> Tony they're, and Terry Hafes. They're not listening to this, are they? I don't know. I don't know if they'll ever hear this or not. I don't know if they're they dedicated midweek listeners. I know my mom has listened to episodes. My dad's definitely never listened to an episode of Shades uh, Midweek. We oh, get- this is off subject, but really quickly, did want to tell y'all, on Sunday I met a college student and I asked how they heard about Shades, and they came to Shades via Shades Midweek. Wow. Well, how'd they find Shades Midweek? Uh, they, I, so they were, yeah, that's horrifying. So they were searching, because I asked the same thing. They were searching for churches in the area, and we came up on like a Google search or whatever, Shades Valley, so they, they find our church, they're interested in our church, so they go to a podcast app to find our Sunday sermon podcast. And when oh, you type in Shades Valley Community Church, Shades both Midweek. of our podcasts come up. So they clicked on Shades oh. Midweek, and that's what they decided to start listening to. <laughs> and What a wild ride. And she uh, she was like, yeah, it made me, made me decide I wanted to come visit you guys. <laughs> okay. So, wow. So there you go. The Lord can use anything. There right. is no telling what episode <laughs> she would have started with. Oh, wow. Anyway, so in the spirit of thankfulness, I want to say how thankful I am for my mom and my dad because uh, it may have come across to some people here as of late, namely them, (laughs) that I'm not (laughs) thankful. The background of this is so important. Oh, so in the Judges series uh, that we've (laughs) been diving into twice now, I have used as an illustration uh, these action figures that I had growing up. Uh, so I had these like biblical uh, character action figures. It was in a series of, of things called Heroes of the Kingdom. And each action figure came with a little booklet, and a little cassette tape that read the booklet. Did y'all ever have a at the chime turn the page thing? Or y'all, this is going to separate what us. Is it? It? What y'all is, are what true are millennials. Mm-hmm. What happened? <laughs> What is this you're it would, talking about? You would, it would be a book that would come with some type of audio, like whether it was a cassette or a compact disc for your mm-hmm. generation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Hey, uh, that would read the book to you. Yeah. And this was obviously for you before you could actually read. And it would be at the chime, turn the page. Oh, okay. And so it would read and then it would go like, and you'd know it's time to turn the page. Y'all ever have any of these? I mean, I'm sure I had something similar to that. You didn't have any of these. I did not. I'm just old. All right. Anyway. So none of it. So this series of action figures and I've kind of poked, I've used it. To talk about the fact that we can often set the judges up, or not just the judges, other characters in Scripture. So whether we're talking about Jonah or Abraham or whoever, we can kind of turn them into the heroes of the story. And the stories ultimately become about morality and just, hey, you're supposed to mimic these people and see them as heroes of the faith. And that's not the essence of what's actually going on in Scripture. But in doing so, I've kind of made fun of... (laughs) The fact that my parents bought me these things. Um, and how many did you own? Oh, I don't know. All of them. So how how big is the set? I don't know. I mean, I definitely had I had Samson, which came with Delilah. That's what shocks everyone. Um, wow. <laughs> Samson and Delilah. I definitely <laughs> had Daniel, who came with two lions. Um, yeah. Definitely had Jonah, who came with a whale. My mom sent me pictures. She still has the whale. Oh, um, wow. She still has some of these things. Was there a David and Goliath? Did there was David and Goliath that, that I had. Uh, there was a Jesus. There was a John the Baptist. There, oh, man. I don't know. There was a lot. Anyway, um, <laughs> so on Sunday, after I talked about these things for the second time, I took to Instagram uh, just to like show people this is what I'm talking about. And I, I posted to our Shades Valley Instagram uh, stories uh, just a couple of these things. Uh, pictures of them within five minutes of me doing that my mom calls me <laughs> and it's like i don't know what you said on sunday <laughs> but amazing like basically trying to defend defend herself and i'm like mom y'all know that i love y'all y'all know i'm not scarred or traumatized by my childhood it's just a ready-made easy example of what i'm talking about but anyway okay so that's way more backstory than anybody wanted or needed but necessary but necessary What I thought it'd be fun for us to talk about today um, is uh, growing up as a kid in the midst of Christian culture um, and kind of some of the the funny things um, that we laugh about, like those toys that I mentioned or what have not. I've got a couple of categories for us to talk through here. Um, But kind of just, you know, maybe we can laugh about some of the things that we experienced as kids, but then also talk about, you know, we all have kids now that are growing up in Christian culture in our house, and we want to parent them towards Christ. So maybe talking about, you know, uh, what does that look like for us? Because I'm sure, give it 30 years, and they'll be on a podcast. Well, something else, not a podcast probably, but cracking jokes about us and the things that we did, and that'll be just fine. I know. <laughs> but anyway circle of life they'll so, be yeah. on the meta they'll be on the metaverse or whatever it's right called. right yeah. Vir- virtual Digital reality or flat. something oh whatever in the matrix oh my goodness <laughs> yeah so nate bergazzi um we've i think we talked about him before y'all know i'm a big fan he's a comedian i took levi to see his show when he came to birmingham and and so this show hasn't like come out as a special yet so i don't know if you can find this joke anywhere but he has this probably five minute bit of talking about exactly what we're going to talk about right now, where he talks about growing up in a Christian home. Um, and, and he's still a believer and all that, but he talks about, uh, he's like, I, and I grew up in a Christian home in the eighties and nineties when, when parents were the most Christian. 
and then just crack some jokes about it. Anyway, it's it's just it's funny. If you know, you know. So well, anyway. you know that is funny because I think about my grandparents, and I don't think growing up there was a lot of Christian culture kind of symbols, music, whatever around the house, toys. Like that feels like a little bit of a later development. A focus like, on the family, man. Yeah, I mean, when did that <laughs> when did that begin? Would that have been the eighties? I mean, James Dobson probably is seventies and eighties. Seventies yeah. and eighties. Yeah, probably in there. And so, I mean, there are, there are a lot of factors that definitely play into uh, that. And we can talk about that in just a minute because yeah, yeah. because I mean, a lot of those Christian culture things are definitely reactionary, right? You know, it's yeah. because of other things that are yeah. happening in the culture writ large yeah. that it's like, oh, we've got to provide some kind of alternative yeah. Yeah. to, to all But just kind of noting that this is kind of a new phenomenon for them. Like, I mean, this is totally new. There's no baggage with it. You right. know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. For our parents? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, too. Just a second. So, all right. So, let's start off with just kind of the fun, funny stuff. Because I'm, I'm curious. Because there is a, there's a little bit of an age gap between myself and Brad and JM. Y'all are much closer in age. And y'all are considered true millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, I fall on the line between Generation X and millennials. They'll, so from the late 70s into early 80s. I was born in 83. So I'm right at the end of what sometimes gets called a micro-generation or zennials, the Oregon Trail generation. It's it's what Nate Bergazzi's a part of, and he makes jokes about it too and all that. <laughs> um, so I'm curious as to how our experiences may differ a little bit as we talk about this. But a lot of it will probably be the same. Because what years were y'all born? I was born in 87. 87 and? 88. 88, yeah. So y'all are definitely, when you think your childhood, you think 90s. Yeah. Versus, yeah. like, when I think my childhood, I think late 80s for right. sure. You right. Know? So, anyway. All right. So, since I started off talking about toys, I'm curious if y'all had any toys directly related to the faith. Because I did not just have the Heroes of the Kingdom. Okay? I got two others to tell you about <laughs> right here. Okay? I also had a passion play set. Okay, this was like like literally it was a set like where you could reenact Jesus's Passion Week. So there was a little uh, temple, you know, with uh-huh. com- there was a Herod mm-hmm. who sat on a throne and a Pilate figure. Like these are little like uh, like action figure type things. Yeah. There was a Golgotha hill complete <laughs> with crosses and a tomb with a, a stone that would move. There was an upper room set. I had all the disciples and. Like and it was literally so you could like play out Easter week, yeah. Passion Week, right? That's right. In there, so I had that, and then yeah. the other big one that I remember is I had um, uh, the armor of God, and it was yeah. like it was like a dress up suit. So think like Halloween costume, but it had a shield, and on it was emblazoned the word faith, and I had sword of the spirit, I had a helmet with the word salvation on it, belt of truth. I had uh, the shin guards that said, like, gospel of peace. Yeah, I'm almost positive mm. I had something similar to that. that, that I was, didn't have that. That was really popular, and I am 99% certain they still sell that thing if you can find a brick-and-mortar Christian bookstore. I'm sure. I think that thing is still sold. But I definitely, I was before anything like Veggie Tales. Like, I didn't have any, like, Veggie Tales toys or anything like that. So those are the toys I remember. Do you all remember any toys? That you had, Brad. Do you remember any Christian toys? I would like to say I had other toys too. I had, 
had some that were not associated with the faith at all. Right. You had Legos. You had normal I had things. Legos. I had some I had karate kid action figures. Those are the first action figures I remember yeah. having. Uh, I had some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff and yeah. things like that. But anyway, but go ahead, Brad. I mean, so I was thinking about it and I might have had like a Noah's Ark. Please tell me you had a Noah's Ark. I might have had a Noah's Ark, but besides that, I mean, my family would go to the Christian bookstore on a regular basis. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, a regular basis. I have so many memories of going to Christian bookstores. Yeah. There used to to be one in Pelham off of Highway 31 called the Amen Corner. And my mom used to go there all the time. Oh, are y'all it was right? it was before like Lifeway. I mean, I'm sure Lifeway was around yeah, or like yeah, the yeah. bigger stores, but, but it was this like was more of like an independent. The Amen Corner. We used to go there. I used to love buying CDs there. Yeah. So uh, ours okay, ours yeah. was called Christian Corner. <laughs> the Christian yeah. Corner. And this again was before. Like I remember when the first Lifeway showed up in our town. Mm-hmm. So this was before all of that. Right. Right. Um. And yeah, I re- they would have the the big thing for like buying CDs or, or cassettes, you know, like when I bought yeah. DC Talks or Jesus cassette Freak, it was on cassette. Yeah. Yeah. Um was they would have like listening stations. Yeah. So you could go and like the put on the headphones stations. and so anytime my mom would go and like want to look at like, I don't know, precious moments or something like that. I don't know if they sold those at Christian bookstores. But my mom definitely collected I'm them. sure they did. Um but uh but anytime they would want to go, that's where I would want to go. Like just hang out in there, put on the headphones, listen to whatever. Whatever they had, I think that's the first place I ever heard like audio adrenaline and those kinds of things. Yeah, lots of music discovery took place. Oh yeah, the Amen Corner. So I say all that to say, <laughs> I, I think it. as a kid, Christian I would... Corner and Amen Corner. I just love. Uh, was this a thing? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Oh. Go ahead, Brad. I would go into a Christian bookstore and and I would get sucked in and I would want the toys and my parents would say, No, you're not going to play with that. So I can remember like. The like an armor with like which looking back and I'm like wait what is this because it was like a medieval armor and I know it wasn't the Crusades like there's no way they had a I kids. bet it was the armor of God man but it was probably the armor of God but it didn't say anything it was just like armor oh it totally said something you just didn't know it I probably wasn't aware of it yeah <laughs> you were just ignoring you just were like sword awesome. yeah exactly my parents were like no I think I might have gotten a slingshot. You know, David oh. and Goliath, a slingshot. Oh, yeah, yes. sure, sure. So I think I have that. That's the only toy I can think of. My, all my other memories go to me being at that, that store and taking things to my parents and being like, no, you're not going to play with that. <laughs> Yo, I got to – so I, I'll tell you about something, and I may be willing to give up the footage. Um, my family, I don't remember how old I was, but we were used to make a television commercial for the Christian Corner. And I have oh, that. Really? I have that footage. <laughs> I, I have for local access. television. I mean, yes, for local. T- that has to be the Instagram it's post. A, it's for this every, podcast. It's everything that okay. you would expect it to be. Send I it can, to me. I can we'll, find we'll it. Post it. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. I don't remember toys, man. I don't remember having any toys, but I got some stuff for movies and TV. So whenever oh. you're ready for. Well, that. we're gonna go there. Ne- well, not next. We're gonna go there last. Okay. So next, let's go to music. So and and what I'm thinking is either music you were given or encouraged to listen to that was like explicitly like Christian type music. John Mark, I already know one that better come out for you. Um, wow, pressure. Okay. <laughs> or or music you weren't allowed to listen to. 
um, because of of like it was it was off limits. It was immoral and all of that. What age are we talking? Oh, uh, you can go for whatever. You can go through through the span. So all childhood into high school. So so from my childhood, the uh, I don't remember listening to anything outside of Christian music until late elementary school. So like fourth grade, fifth grade. Like before that, all of my music was either kids' music, and so it was things like Salty, the song. I remember was, Salty. Yeah, man, which if, if you didn't oh grow up. Oh, my gosh. You didn't grow up with Salty. It was a singing hymnal is what he yeah. was. I don't uh, think I grew up. I can kind of picture something, but I don't think dude, I grew up with he that. he had kids, melody and harmony and rhythm. They were little songbooks. It was a whole thing, man. Um, it's amazing. My favorite tape growing up was a tape called Critter County. And it was virtually a, uh, it, it was like a play slash musical. And it was this woman recounting a dream she had where she went to this zoo. And and she sees all these animals. And the animals like go in order of the alphabet. So like for the A is for ant. The, the B is for, I don't know, buffalo, whatever. Uh, no, it was bees. I remember it now. And every letter of the alphabet had a song that was a memory verse that started with that letter. So the B's, it was believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, or I still remember the Q, quench not the spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. So it was effective, man. I can sing you the song. Um, so, But I loved that uh, as a kid. So Sandy Patty, anyone? Sandy yeah, Patty, my, yes. My parents had Sandy Patty tapes, cassettes. So we would listen to that kind of stuff, or um, that was all kids-related stuff. But then we could also obviously listen. We've done a whole episode on CCM. Um, and yeah. so, you know, my parents. My parents were big into it. Yeah, my parents listened to Truth and For Him and, um, uh, do, 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 oh, my goodness, what are some of those other For Him, listen there? to this. I might have said this in the CCM episode. There's no way anyone remember it, remembers it, so who cares? But uh, For Him, I saw live <laughs> – at Phillips Arena, it's no longer Phillips Arena. I think it's State Farm Arena, they used where come, the Hawks play. They used to come to our church before a Atlanta Hawks basketball game. <laughs> it was for him in a little band called Cademan's Call. Maybe Faith and Family opened night or for them. Like, yes. like we said, eighties and nineties when when parents were the most Christian. But here's the funny thing: <laughs> I can remember being in the. I was probably fifth grade, and I can remember being. Uh, in the front row, just jumping up and down, like like head banging to for him. To for him. <laughs> if you've never listened to for him, you need to go listen to for it's, him. It's like a modernized quartet. <laughs> I uh, but I don't like, know how you're head banging to that. I was rocking out, my friend and I. I can remember. Yeah, I definitely listened to some gospel um, with like the cathedrals. I to yeah, the cathedrals. I remember the cathedrals. My but. my grandmother had a VHS tape, and it was like there used to be a I guess there was a network called like the Gospel Music Television Network or something. Mm. Somehow, someone maybe a friend of hers recorded like six hours on VHS of Gospel Music Television, and so it's just six continuous hours of gospel <laughs> groups. And I used to sit at her house and watch all that all oh, the time. Lord, the cathedrals, uh, I I could probably. Gaithers? Well, oh, yeah, wow. I, the Gaithers obviously were the were the most well known right, right, right. out of that genre of music. Oh but man, the gospel quartets and things like that. The specific artist I was thinking of for you was the artist we all know you first played drums to in church. 
Carmen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Carmen was a big deal for me. Yeah. And we had uh, VHS tapes of Carmen music videos that I used to watch and re- yeah, reenact did. in the basement of our house with our friends from uh, church. And I actually not only... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we just kind of brushed past that. You used to yeah. reenact... Oh, this is, this is normal stuff for me, man. You used to reenact these music videos? <laughs> Please tell me this is on film somewhere. Oh, yeah. If I got to give up the Christian corner footage, I need I, John Mark lip sync and some Carmen. There, there I mean, is definitely good. a video somewhere of a birthday party of mine where I had all my friends over. I mean, I mean I'm probably like seven or eight or something. I don't know how old I was, but uh, reenacting the video to Satan Bite the Dust by yes. Carmen, which is a Western-themed video. Oh, my word. Of, uh, you can look up on YouTube. basically Carmen uh, shooting up a bunch of demons in a saloon. Uh, and I, I reenacted all of so that. <laughs> you can I'll, look I'll it up. I'll have to find it. Oh, it's there. No, I want the John but Mark version. There, th- That's not all. There, uh. There's also a song by Carmen called America Again, which... Uh, I'm now realizing uh, it's probably uh, uh, pretty heavy on the Christian nationalism, but I used to know that entire song, and I actually sang it uh, oh, one wow. Sunday morning at our church as like a special. Yeah. As like a special song when I was a kid. The things well, I need video ar- footage Well, of. and I've already shared this, but in my ki- in my elementary school talent show, this is at a public school. <laughs> this is not church. I lip-synced to the cat vibe. It was the Carbon <laughs> Carbon album with the cat. <laughs> yeah. I, I had that, that cassette tape. So there's a song called The Cat Vibe, yeah. and I lip-synced to that and danced. And that was what I did for public my school. public school talent show. How old were you then? I was in kindergarten. Kindergarten, yeah. Oh my word! I was pretty young when. But I, I can just America remember because I think at that point Riot had already come out by Carmen. Yeah, that's and, the tour that I saw him. But I just remember on the in the album cover, he's got a leather jacket on. <laughs> he's got like leather boots on and black jeans, and he's wearing glasses. And I'm like, this guy is awesome. So, so I <laughs> this saw is who I want to be. <laughs> So I saw Carmen on the Riot tour. It was the only time I saw him. He they came to to my hometown yeah. uh, in Albany, but I was older than you. Which guys. is righteous invasion of truth for those that are curious. <laughs> right, 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 yes, Riot, righteous invasion of truth. Mm-hmm. And so I was older than you guys. Yeah. Uh, at that point, and I still remember thinking the concert was. I mean, it was a big show. It was a big. Oh production. yeah, for sure. He played at the BJCC yeah. here. That's where I saw him. Yeah, I was, was I was must have been nine years old. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was maybe it was a big like production. That. But what I was too old for was the Bible Man uh, prelude to that oh. concert. Did that happen at y'all's concert Wait, that y'all went to? You were too too old. Like, like I, it wasn't cool to me. It wasn't cool. They I, did, I remember before, Bible Man. Yeah, before the show yeah. started, they did like a live action Bible yeah. Man oh skit kind wow. of thing. Yeah, I probably thought it was fun. I don't know. So that's why I was Who like, knows? did you guys have Bible Man toys? Because... I was definitely that was out. I didn't have Bible Man toys. I remember Bible Man the show though, and I obviously remember Veggie Tales too. But that's getting more into other uh, yeah. avenues of entertainment. Yeah, music obviously was a big deal for me. So we had cassette tapes and yeah. all the things, now, CDs. Were Were you allowed? Were y'all allowed to listen to like secular music from the as far back as you can remember? Because you know, I definitely have a defined point where it begins to enter my life. I think that. My parents were okay with me listening to oldies music. Okay. So oldies being like 
50s and some 60s, but not like the psychedelic 60s, right. like very much like maybe some Beach Boys yeah. and Frankie Valley and as long as the your parents were fans of it, Elvis, like yeah, things <laughs> right. like that, things they you know? liked. That so was okay. I, I listened to a lot of that, and then of course in youth group. Uh, I had a summer or whatever where I wasn't going to listen to secular music anymore. I, I didn't burn any or break any CDs, but I wasn't. Ever, I'm not going to listen to this. Did y'all ever then, burn course, anything? That didn't work. Did you work. ever burn anything? <laughs> so we never burned anything in my youth group. Okay, I never burned anything either. I, I didn't never, burn or break. Never burned some I CDs. did br- uh, break in half a, <laughs> um, was it uh, Pumba Wumba? Pumba Jumba? Jumba Wumba. Jumba Wumba. Jumba Wumba. <laughs> Chumba Wumba. Chumba Wumba. Chumba Wumba. Because they had the hit song, I Get Knocked Down, but I Get, I get Up Again. again. Right. Well, for the uninitiated, that song is about drinking. <laughs> but it was played at every sporting event that I was at. And so, and a roller, like skate night, elementary right, school skate right, night. Right. I don't know if you had that. So my parents <laughs> bought that song and then... Uh, there's a lyric that you can't discern very well, but when you listen to it more, it becomes clear. I don't, do y'all know what it is? That they're urinating the night away. Yes, except they don't say (laughs) urinating. And so I was, I was, must have been elementary school. Yeah. I broke the CD in half and threw it away Uh, as a statement. Yes. Yes. Here I stand. Here I stand. Yes. Oh my word. So for me, uh, but I had no idea what they were talking about. The way that secular music entered my life was uh my one of my older sisters started dating a guy and he was a massive country music fan and my mom started to like country music (laughs) and so as a fourth grader country music begins to creep into uh my world and so i like early 90s country music i know all of it like it's really so like tim mcgraw faith hill like like when all of those people were really early in their careers Garth like, Brooks. Oh, Garth Brooks. Like there's oh. a member at Shades. I don't know if they would be comfortable with me saying it on air, so I won't. But there's a member at Shades whose father was Garth Brooks Sound Tech. Really? For most of his career. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna need to know names off air. Yep. This is great. Garth Brooks, greatest country, one of the greatest country music acts ever. So, <laughs> so, but then when I got to middle school, that's when I kind of discovered pop radio. Um and oh, really, yeah, dude, pop radio. Yeah, and really began to listen to to music, and I started playing drums, so that broadened my yeah, horizons. Mm-hmm. And then I started sneaking VH1. Oh yeah, um, dude, the ooh, sneaking of the MTV. Uh, and loved things. behind the music on mm-hmm. VH1. All oh that yeah, kind of stuff. You know, for a kid who wanted to like be in a band and yeah, and do things like that, VH1 behind the music was just yeah. like the best. Oh, it's so fascinating. Um, so so yeah, so that's kind of how I eventually ventured into other musical lanes and and my parents like the older i got i mean i'm child number three of four um and like all parents seem to chill a little (laughs) bit over time uh mine did too and and i think they were generally fine as long as i was not consuming stuff that was like clearly um you know um i don't what, what am i trying to say guys like i mean obviously the stuff that's not anti uh, 
Christianity or, or Jesus, but but also explicit like material, explicit material, material. Yeah, yeah. explicitly yes. sexual Parental. material, like that yeah. kind of thing. As long yes. as I wasn't consuming that kind of thing, they were generally okay with like me listening to to the radio and stuff like that. Yeah. But okay, let's do the category that everybody wants to talk about, and that's music. I mean, sorry, we just did music. That's movies and television. So once again. Things that you did watch that like would be kind of weird to everyone outside of Christian culture or things that you weren't allowed to watch because of of your parents' um, convictions. Do y'all want me to start? Go ahead. I was not allowed to watch uh, He-Man, which again, <laughs> I'm older than you guys, so I highly doubt that y'all would be in the He-Man realm. Um, I have the power! <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, whatnot. I I don't know why. I guess it was, maybe it was that. Maybe it was like it had too much pagan symbolism in it or something <laughs> like that. Maybe it was Skeletor. Um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, and I was not allowed to watch Smurfs. Smurfs. Oh. And that apparently that was a thing. I've never done a deep dive. I've, I've heard that. I've never. But so, what was the 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 bad dude's name? It was Gargamel or Garga Gargamel. Gargamel. I don't know. Yeah. But he was like a sorcerer or something. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere along the way, I heard that like Smurfs were like demonic creatures or something. I don't know. I just know I was not allowed to watch Smurfs. We got to yeah. fact check this. <laughs> this, this. The Smurfs are going to sue us. <laughs> Go on Snopes and, and see <laughs> our Smurfs demons. Um, no, look, but I, I don't know. But I was not allowed to watch that. There was also... There was a big Disney boycott when I was young. My parents never boycotted Disney... Uh, in in wholesale because I think my mom enjoyed the classics way too much, like the classical cartoons and stuff like that. But uh, but I remember that being like a thing, yeah, for in, sure in Christian circles that yeah. I would hear about, like boycotts in general mm-hmm. were were kind of like a thing mm-hmm. uh, at yeah. the time. But it's not anything new, <laughs> right? So so yeah. those are the kinds of things that like I wasn't allowed to watch. But those are the big ones that stick out. He man, which really hurt my feelings, um, <laughs> and then Smurfs. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch Smurfs. What about you guys? I mean, the thing that comes to mind for me is no PG-13 movies. Oh, and yeah. And I was at my friend's yeah, house. Yeah, as, as a kid, for sure, no PG-13 movies. In kindergarten. Movies. And he had a Jurassic Park video game. And that was rated teen. That was I'm getting into video games, but... That's fine. That's I could fine. do teen. This is like through high school. Mature was like it depended and so I would go in into like there's no way hostage negotiations with my parents. <laughs> so what was that N64 game? Perfect Dark. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can remember. I never played it though. But is is that like the man? Just is that vampires or something? What is that? I don't think so. Maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of something. I remember that. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, no PG-13 movie. So. If I would go to a friend's house and there would be a, a PG-13 movie like Jurassic Park or something, I would be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> you know, and that was that was true with comedy as well. Now, but did you ever get to watch, like, um, movies edited for TV? Yeah, we did. Probably like, some. Like, I probably definitely. With my, probably with my parents some, yeah. Because that was a big thing when, yeah. when I was younger. Network television. Network yeah, television yeah. would take, you know, like... I, maybe not a Jurassic Park, but even think like the Karate Kid, like yeah. and they edit out like all the yeah. language or, or any of those kinds of things. Yeah, we, my, my family would record stuff onto VHS tapes, yeah, 
And that's how, so we, for the longest time, and I probably shared this before on a Christmas episode, but Christmas Vacation, that movie, we used to watch an edited television uh, version, version right. of that movie on a VHS tape. For many years, that's the only way I knew of Christmas Vacation. Dude, our parents were, were pirating media long before we were. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean. Bunch of pirates. Tons of. I mean, and still to this day, like, I mean, my mom and dad are huge into Christian movies or oh, like yeah. any Christian like cartoons. So like focus on the family, put out a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah, so, like, for sure. We had adventures in Odyssey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot uh, about those. When my family went on vacation to Colorado Springs, we went to focus on the family and they have like a whole area that's dedicated. It's like four kids. Right, right. There was one where like these kids... Their dad worked at like an auto shop, and there was a plane, and they would solve mysteries. And there was a yeah, I don't know that one. Kind of a biblical message in it too. I don't know. There was that. Um, well, we I, already mentioned Veggie Tales. Right, right, right. I'm Which, trying to think of other. So y'all might have watched Veggie Tales like legit. Seriously, watched, yeah, we watched it ironically, like as high schoolers. Like we would, especially. Yeah, there yeah. was there was this whole thing that got into Larry's silly songs like among the cheeseburger high schoolers but it was all like very ironically um speaking of, going back really quickly to video games yeah, yeah yeah I definitely played a Nintendo original Nintendo Bible game <laughs> where you were Noah rounding up animals and taking them to the ark no I way definitely played that as a kid that sounds like a lot of fun 100 percent played that game <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! Ah. Um, but the, I I remember playing a game before that on a computer. This was our home computer, first home computer we ever owned. It was a Tandy. Y'all probably don't even know what that is. Nope. Um, and this game had to you had to run it out of DOS. Do you know what DOS is? And no, I'm not talking about the secret <laughs> organization with with within, within Nexium within Nexium. that horrible cult. Okay. Uh, no, that's no, not I did not. No, it, it was. Um. Your command terminal. You ever opened up your command terminal on your uh, on your computer, like like where it's just like a black screen? You can type code. Yes, that's what it looked like. Okay, you you boot up your computer and it just like it just had like a little C prompt, um, and you'd have to actually type code to boot whatever program you were going <laughs> to run or what have not. And so you'd put your floppy disk, a true five and a half inch floppy disk, in the computer, and and I you'd type your code and you'd boot up your game. And I played this game where you had to put the Ten Commandments in order. And for every one you got right, it would take you to the the cut screen was a little map showing the, the children of Israel getting closer to the promised land. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're definitely, like you want to get there. I mean, that's going to keep you hooked. It's like the Oregon Trail, but for the Ten Commandments, yes, but you know? Oh, but for the Israelites, oh my word! Oh man! So yeah, incredible. So, so those were some video game type things. <laughs> um, we had a show oh, man. talking about like your focus on the family kind of stuff. There yep. was a show that we watched called McGee and McGee me. and Me. You watched? McGee yeah, and I me? used to watch it. All. I loved that. Loved. I. I made it was me like real life. You know, it was like real people. You know, it wasn't a cartoon. Right. And uh, I know it. I just can't. There were like all these little picture, like it. probably like thirty minute episode type things. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. It had like a '90s flair. I don't right. know when those were made. I'm assuming it was the late '80s, early '90s. But there was there was one character, McGee, 
who was an illustrated character. And then they had the, the cartoon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right, yeah. right. So it was right. like super cool technology, too. It was like, there's this illustrated character in a live action <laughs> film, you know? It was mind blowing, Brad. They try to tell you like good. It's like a good story, you know, yeah. good moral of a story. Should have been there time. for well, it. Well, I think I've seen it. I just can't. I can't picture it. I'll, I'm going to go look go, online. Go Google that. You've been on your phone yeah. this entire time, so surely there's. I'm trying to register for an event. Are you really? <laughs> yes, oh, I need to before three o'clock, and I can't do it on my phone. <laughs> oh my god! But let me say this: <laughs> this is a unique thing for my family. So we had something called a. No, it's not called a TV guide. Basically, this was a device that you oh, plugged no. into a your TVG. cable. A TVG. A TVG. You plugged Guardian. in. That's what TV it Guardian. That's TV Guardian. TV Guardian. That's it. You plugged it in. Oh, we had one. Yes. And so uh, it would prevent harsh language from coming through. So I guess it used the subtitles. It did. It in every use, show. And you could set it for like... Uh, Strict. Like if you were watching a religious thing, you could set it to religious so it wouldn't bleep like Jesus. Right. And, and right. God and things like that, but you could set it to strict or you could set it to like moderate and stuff. Oh, I so remember this. Go ahead, Brad. Yes. So I can remember there was a show that I would watch. It was called Recess. I don't know if you ever oh, remember yeah. the cartoon. The cartoon. Recess. Yeah, I used to watch that Saturday morning. This is the only example I can think of. This ABC. Appro- what do they call that? Saturday. The Saturday morning yeah, lineup. Yeah. Whatever that was. Um, and so. Anytime it would say the uh, principal's name, it would say principal <laughs> jerk face. And I was like, what? Why is it? Why is it? You know, his name. The principal's name was Principal Prickly. <laughs> and so it detected the word. And so it said principal jerk face. So what my parents didn't intend was that this device would actually teach me teach you new words <laughs> to use because I had no idea. Dude, yes, face. that was a part of our home. Dude, I have a TV guardian. I have a very similar story to that one that involves a TVG, and so by this point, I was a youth pastor. So it involves a a student in my youth group who was yeah. a homeschooled, very innocent student who was trying to communicate to me why she did not like the TVG device. And all I'm going to say is it had to do with bleeping a character's name in the movie Toy Story. <laughs> and I'll just let you go from there. But anyway, um, no, I remember having that... Uh, um, device and and i liked the fact that my parents would let me watch things they otherwise probably wouldn't let me watch but it's still it it wasn't quite the same sometimes i remember watching what's what's the name of uh the movie i'm looking for and i can't remember the name of it with uh kuba gooding jr um where he's like a, a navy diver oh it's men of honor i remember watching men of honor with tvg and it was basically a silent film <laughs> like well i get to watch it but i just have to read the whole thing yeah yeah and then the last thing i was going to say about tv movies was i mean i can't overstate how big the left behind series was oh i mean i just can't overstate it like from the books to the movies Mm -hmm. to the bible study curriculum to the teen bible study curriculum so my entire church on Wednesday night, together, we would be in the Fellowship Hall, then we would watch part of the movie, 
then the adults would break into small groups and the kids would break into small groups. And, uh, you know, we would discuss about how this movie was depicting what Revelation is revealing. Goodness. And let me tell you, I feel so bad for whoever the youth workers were having to talk to us about what we had just seen in the movie. Because, I mean, we're being like, hold on, so you're saying there's going to be like a plane crash? <laughs> what? So if, if I'm on a plane, you know, or like, so wait, you're telling me that like all of the countries are going to come together in one country. How's that even going to work? Like those are the kind of questions that like we were asking our youth leader. And so I can remember watching those movies at home, watching them over and over again. So, I mean, that was just, I mean, you walk into the Christian bookstore and I mean, it was like huge displays, like just the marketing that went into this was massive. I, yeah. I've avoided this somehow. The books were really popular and I had lots okay, of friends yeah, yeah. that read the books and all that, but. I somehow avoided the the rest of it. Praise the Lord. Yeah, um, but there was a whole curr- like church wide curriculum. You yeah, we so had audio yeah, yeah. books. We had the audio books that we would listen okay, to yeah. in the car. If anyone can't tell, we take a slightly different position uh, uh, here amongst the three of us. Slightly uh, different approach. We, we we did do an entire series on Revelation. If you'd like we to did. to hear more, we about did. That. Yes, but well, and guys, there's a there's an episode of Shades Midweek yes. actually that breaks down the different approaches. Yes, to eschatology there. Yep. So. Yeah. Well, guys, I think we've probably joked on uh, different things about our childhood enough. Our parents, if they listen to this, are probably all going to like call us and be like, I'm sorry for <laughs> trying to love you and lead you towards <laughs> Jesus. Maybe Which... we should let our parents have an episode and tell stories from our childhood. <laughs> no, no, we absolutely should not. No, but that does that does bring up what I want to to say something about at least for a moment right here. And that is, you know, before we transition to talk about what are the things we're trying to do. Uh, with ours is is to at least reflect for a moment on our our parents aim and our parents heart uh in all of these things because i do i think that one of the things that can get lost often when we reflect on things from our childhood whether we think they were just kind of silly or funny or whether we actually think they were negative experiences is is often we can lose um what what was this person actually trying to do what were they aiming at? Were they trying to love me well? And does that mean I should cho- probably show some more grace towards towards what I experienced or what have not? Now, granted, there are plenty of situations in which people experience things that are actually really harmful, detrimental of it. That's not what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Because I think all three of us would agree with everything that we've talked about in the context of this conversation, that our parents' hearts uh, were in a good place. And they were aiming for something uh, good, healthy, and, and beneficial. They were aiming to love us well. They were aiming to protect us from things they thought would harm us. They were aiming uh, for things that they thought would train us up in the Lord. Uh, and and I am very thankful for all of that. Like I, it's like I called my mom, you know, uh, and talked to her after <laughs> she called after she uh, saw the the Instagram uh, post, and I was like, Mom, I was not traumatized. Uh, like by my child, at least not by that. Um, and and you know, I I am very fortunate in that I know I have I had really great parents um, who wanted to do everything they could to to love me well. And I do think we talked we touched on this just a moment earlier, but I do think we have to talk about uh, the cultural moment that all of our parents found themselves in. You know, um, they found themselves in the midst of a cultural moment where they were reacting uh, to the things that were going on around them. 
So, you know, you come out of the uh, uh, sexual revolution and the uh, kind of like, uh, what word am I looking for? The, the tumultuous time period of the 60s. So, so not only are you having like uh, a bunch of like uh, kind of what had been considered normal sexual standards being turned on their head. Uh, but you've got the entire civil rights movement that happens that is an incredibly positive thing, but obviously it's tumultuous in the midst of the culture. You've got President Nixon resigning, and so all this distrust and authority. Like You just have all of that going on. And kind of in the way... War. you got the war in Vietnam, you know, through the... the and so through the wake of all of that, you know, um, I, I think our parents begin to look for, okay, what can we do to stabilize, if you will, uh, our our kids' childhood, or what can we do to protect them from what we perceive as the uh, degradation of morals in society in general? So I've seen the stats before. It's actually really interesting if you look at the stats, like around movies, um, and kind of the the uh, the box office. What were the big kind of box office movies? throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and then into the 2000s and so forth and so on. And you kind of get this uh, bell curve that peaks in the 80s and 90s of uh, R-rated films. In other words, it's not that there are less R-rated films being made now, but like when you look at the top grossing movies in the theater, uh, it was much more, you know... Um, like R-rated films and things like that through the through the eighties and nineties when our parents were parenting, um, and you even think about now and what are the top grossing films? Well, the overwhelming majority of them are things like Marvel movies and superhero yeah. movies, and they're much more in the PG thirteen range and all of those kinds of things. And so, like our parents definitely like perceived, oh my goodness, like things are degrading around me, so I need to protect them when it comes to movies. I need to protect them when it comes, to, or you think about the music scene. And you think about like uh, where hair metal like goes through the '80s and then into like grunge in the early '90s and all that, and it's very easy for parents to look at all that and be like, "Oh my word! Like this is nothing but you know, crazy, dr not just drug culture but violent culture. The music sounds angry and blah blah blah." So like, I just I think that often we've got to see them within their own context um, to to kind of understand what they were. Uh, reacting to and why they were making the steps they made. And then the other piece, Brad, that you brought forward just a minute ago was there was no real precedent for them. Yeah. They like, weren't si sitting around talking about how cheesy their you know, childhood was when it came to Christian art or yeah. Christian music right. or Christian movies because that just wasn't a thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they had not had that. They hadn't had anything really modeled for them. Right. So, like, here's what it would look like to have some good, solid, faithful Christian resources uh, to walk through with your children or, or what have not, you know? Yeah, um, totally. And so they're, like, kind of grasping it. We want to be faithful parents. What's available? Uh, well, um, Bible Man and VeggieTales is available. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, here's this uh, uh, armor of God. I'm going to grab at that. And, and not all of yeah. these are bad things. Yeah, I, I, right. I mean, if you can't have any sympathy or understanding, right. you need to go work in our children's ministry, <laughs> right? You need to come work in our youth ministry. You know, like try to teach the Bible to kids in a compelling and theologically yeah. robust and sophisticated way 
and also in a way that's going to be approachable and understandable and engages them. Right. Yeah. It is not easy. And the same yeah. thing is true for teenagers. Right. I mean, yeah. I was a huge punk when I was a teenager. So I think yeah. about trying to engage Brad with the scriptures and with biblical teaching and with discipleship as a teenager. And it's, it's extremely challenging. Right. Right. I mean, so often I was checked out, not interested, more focused on how am I going to get this girl next to me to date me, right? I might have just revealed too much. Maybe we need to edit that out. But I think you get the point. And that is it's really hard to engage and teach teenagers in a way that's theologically robust and also engaging and gets their attention. So when you begin to have these resources through movies, I mean, I love the cartoons, I mean, like, I would have asked to watch those cartoons. And right. so I just think about how, for my parents, that must have been so exciting. Right. Or yeah. I wanted to listen to the DC Talk album. Right. Like, oh, I love the DC Talk. Like, one of my first concerts was DC Talk. And it was amazing. I loved yeah. it as a kid. Like, I think about, for my parents, like, how exciting that was. Yeah. So I don't think you can discount that. Right. Yeah. Well, so to even talk about your, your joke there about dating. Um, so, like, you know, dating culture was something that our parents were reacting to. Yeah. Um, and the the big book that, you know, came out when I was in high school and y'all were probably in middle school was the whole, you know, Joshua Harris, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. That's right. Which, you know, obviously, hindsight um, now... Uh, <laughs> Do a whole episode on that. It gets a lot of correct. And so when we talk... So just talk... And, the, and there's a larger piece to that too, uh, purity culture. You know, purity culture uh, yep. gets a, a heavy, heavy critique now and i would say overwhelmingly rightfully so we've talked about doing an episode about purity culture and, yeah. and hopefully we will yeah um but yeah a lot of the critique is is justified but once again uh looking at what uh was going on in the culture around our parents um yep. so uh i mean the the teenage pregnancy rates were rising they are falling again so again there's kind of a bell curve that peaks in that period Mm. Um, but so they're seeing that they're hearing all of that kind of messaging and such. And they're like, man, I want my kids to do this dating thing. Well, oh my goodness, here's a resource. Here are all these new resources. Yeah. And so I'll grab that. And we now have the advantage. So we're getting all of these books that have a much more balanced approach now. Right. That are like, okay, here are the bad things that happened in purity culture. Here are the blah, 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 all of those kinds of things. But the reason we're able to do that is because those resources came first, and we're able to reflect back on them, and 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 critique and and all of those. Like like I don't know that we get the same resources we have now without them being that first generation trying, like taking a stab, you know, at it and yep. making mistakes and and all and and we're making mistakes right now that. We'll I don't know what you're talking about, Jonathan. <laughs> no. I don't make mistakes. Uh, I... We're making mistakes that will be reflected upon by the next generation, hopefully in positive ways, and yeah. there will be growth in, in those things. So I think about uh, the Christian conversation surrounding sexuality, surrounding uh, the LGBTQ community and all of those things. And I think about the type of rhetoric that surrounded that within Christian circles when I was yeah. young versus the type of rhetoric now in a lot of Christian circles that still embrace a biblical view of sexuality, but the way they talk about it is yeah. way more nuanced and has, has shifted a lot, and we've learned a lot about loving neighbor and, and all of these kinds of things. 
Mm. But I think that's part of a, a maturing of the conversation yeah. process, you know? Yeah. You know, Jonathan, you saying this just reminds me something that Colin Hansen would say about uh, your grandparents. Oh, and I it's can't such re- a great quote. But I can't remember the specifics. Do either of you remember the specifics? I, might, of, I actually... Did he I, say it on the podcast? I uh, I think he might have. Well, hang on, because I... If not... After I heard him say it for the I first time... Then I came up time, with this, not Colin. After I heard him say it for the first time, I actually texted him and was like, <laughs> can you can you give me that quote? I mean, man? it's just... It, um, we'll see if we can find it here. So it's, it's in my text so, messages somewhere. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Okay, I can't find it in my text messages, but uh, it's something to the effect of uh, history is like your grandmother. Uh, to uh, think she can do no wrong is naive. Mm-hmm. To think she can do no right is arrogance. Uh, wisdom is realizing you're more like her than you think. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's something along those lines. Yes. But anyway, so in a And I think that, that gets at yeah. exactly what you were just saying. Right. Right. It, it's to look back on our parents and the things they did and be like, oh, my goodness, they did no right, you know, and we've got it figured out. That's very arrogant. Yes. You know, or to be like, oh, no, they did everything perfectly, you know, naive. Yes. And wisdom is like, yeah, our kids will probably talk the same about us. That's right. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. That's right. Oh, yeah. But but all that to say, um, I think it's really important for us to recognize the context in which each generation is operating. When we're talking about this specific conversation, I think it's important for us to recognize the limited resources our parents had as far as like trying to disciple their their children and and just to recognize every generation is figuring things out. Mm-hmm. Every generation is making mistakes, getting things right. Um and and we really as believers we need to look at people's hearts and at their aim. That doesn't mean we can't correct and we can't say, okay, this wasn't the best thing. But but when we look at our parents' hearts, like we need to see what they were aimed at. And I know that mine, and this is not everybody's experience, but mine were aimed at loving me well and pointing me towards Jesus. And I want to look at their hearts and be thankful for that because that's what I hope my kids will do with me <laughs> yeah. one day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, All right, really quickly, here at the end, maybe we can each just name some things we are doing as parents <laughs> to try and parent our kids uh, towards Christ. And there's a lot that we could talk about right here. One of the new players on the field that I think uh, <laughs> that I think we will get made fun of, I think that this will be the area where like, like kind of like how we make fun of our parents about certain TV shows we weren't allowed to watch. Mm -hmm. I think this is the area my kids are going to rag on me the most. And that's with technology. Um, Because, you know, I think that's the place where I'm most like my parents and being like, no, just no, it's just not allowed. It's just, so my kids, like we, none of them have cell phones. There are no cell phones. We'll talk about it when they start driving. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But even then it's like social media. No. Not, I don't even, I don't care about filters and parameters. No, you're not going to be on social media, not while you live in my house. Those are the things where I feel like I'm like this crazy, um, (laughs) that I'm getting compared to all the other parents, but their parents let them blah, blah, blah. I don't care. They're not my kids. Yeah, (laughs) it's going to be a real, real thing for sure. You know, and then we, you know, there's some parents that are CEOs in Silicon Valley that have the same rules if that makes you feel any better. That's true. And that's also horrifying. So, so technology is probably one of the places I, I find myself trying to protect my kids the most. Um, but, Brad, you've recommended a great resource uh, in um, – what's his name? Who, Andy Crouch. Andy Crouch. TechWise Family. TechWise Family. Very practical. Yes. Yeah. So there's and realistic, I would say. Right. It's doable. And then his daughter wrote a book 
because I think she called my TechWise life. Yes. So like what it was like growing up with the kind of rhythms that he implemented around technology. So really interesting. Yeah. So what what things are you doing with Elizabeth Ann regarding technology? (laughs) (laughs) Got her a phone yet or an iPad or something? She's already got a watch and a phone. Oh, my word. So no JM anything? Uh, With technology? technology? (sighs) Uh, Well, I'll tell you this. This is not... Well, now we're just getting kind of into some parenting stuff, but I I mean, video games, we limit video games to the weekends, Yeah. so that's one thing that's been, I feel Solid. like it's a positive thing for us, makes the weeks go by a lot better. With cell phones, yeah, I mean, look, listen, my, my oldest is in second grade, he's seven years old, so we have not crossed into middle school yet where right, there's going right. to be children that will have cell phones, uh, but yeah, Ash and I have... We've we feel pretty good. Like you're not going to get a phone until you're able to drive. Yeah. That's that should probably be the only reason why you have one. I know they make some some types of phones where you can like only call certain people. You right, can't right. get on the internet. So you know we'll see wait, what wait, that wait. looks like. They make a phone where you can only call people. <laughs> <laughs> you mean a phone that's a phone? Wait, they just make a phone like a phone? This is insanity. Oh. This yeah. is stupid. Well, Crazy. And, that, and that's why we have done uh, Apple Watches with uh, our oldest, too. Like, once they got to middle school. There you go. And, and that's kind like of the same. text. Yeah, it's text. kind of the same principle. Like, they can text and, and call us, and we, we can be in control of who they're able to text and call and all that. But right. you don't. But no social media, yeah, obviously. And you're not sticking the internet in their pocket and right. all of that. So, right. anyway. But, yeah, music. Any any limiting factors out there, John Mark in uh, your world? Well, obviously, I don't I don't want them to listen to anything explicit. And it's funny sometimes things will surprise you. I put on the song "All I Do Is Win, 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 No Matter What." <laughs> I know Dude, exactly what you're talking about. Some of the verses, I was like, I I like opened up this can of worms of like. Moses, this is a really cool song. They used to play this at the Auburn football games. And then when I listened to the verses, which I had never heard before, I was like, Moses, you can't t- stop telling Alexa to play this song. Like, stop. I can't. I don't know how to. You know what's funny? Stop I feel it. like this always happens because of sporting events. It's a sporting event. Like, it right. happens so commonly. It's like, oh, it's a great chorus. It's great and hype get songs. To the verse, yeah. like, the same thing happens through social media because so much of social media now is just, uh, is just little videos with little clips. Yep, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that was such a catchy little riff right there. Right. And then you hear the rest of the song, and you're like, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, so generally <laughs> I, I'm not uh, super intense about it. Like, I want my kids to listen to the Beatles. They've, they've listened to Metallica. Um, you so know, bands but, that you but, like. But we – Right. But we, <laughs> just like your parents. Every generation does but that. But you know what? Every. But you know uh, – we love Lecrae and Andy Mineo, and we listen to worship music, and they love the Shades album and things like that. And we sat down the other night and watched like five or six Andy Mineo music videos in a row, and it was so much fun. Well, that's fun. So, you know, just that that's kind of, you know, we try to find stuff like that um, to I mean, show them. But, yeah, we're, we're pretty yeah. much the same. Like, our kids had pretty much listened to whatever we listened to, because Holly and I tried to avoid, like, kids music yeah like music made for children because yeah, we have to f- fairly annoying right um so they loved whatever we listened to yeah you know as as well until last year talitha's teacher like played music all the time in their classroom and so talitha would come home just with all th- sorts of new songs oh, and, and her teacher is like gen z 
you know, yeah. or, or from last year. Her teacher was like, you yeah. know, in her early twenties, and so it was just all this stuff that I'm just like, no, no, no. no. Well, it's funny. This, the stuff that I don't want them to listen to is stuff that I that I find is not good music. So if right. they play it and not like from an explicit standpoint, just I don't. It's like just it. not good music. Uh, mm. So like Imagine Dragons. Sorry if there's any Imagine Dragons <laughs> fans that listen to Shades Midweek, but they play it a lot at Bluff Park Elementary. So they'll go home and tell their Alexa in their room that can play music that, and it does have filters on it, by the way, but they can say like, play Imagine Dragons, you know, Believer or whatever. I'm like, oh, I hate this song so much. <laughs> Dude. Can you not listen to this song? <laughs> Solomon can sing the chorus to that song. Yeah. Because yeah, exactly. Holly loves it. So Yeah. I mean, what can uh, you do? Yeah. But uh, movies and TV. <laughs> That's that's a little bit of a hard one. So here's here's a general thing we do, and this goes back to technology. But like, we have an upstairs downstairs situation in our house, and all the kids' rooms are upstairs, and we just don't allow screens upstairs. Period. So like, the only way they can watch something or or whatever is they got to be downstairs, and so that at least puts yeah. it in our vicinity. Uh, but then obviously, I mean, we tell them the things they can or cannot watch, and those. I mean, right. basically, we try to not be super limiting, um, but age appropriate. Yeah. But if there's something that kind of like hits this, uh, not even middle ground really, but it, it, would, it would probably have fallen into the category of something I would not have been allowed to watch as right. a kid. Uh, a lot of times we will still let them watch it, but try to engage them in conversation around it. So I can give you two very easy examples really quickly. One is the Disney uh, Pixar cartoon Coco. Oh, oh yeah, I watched I, that with Zion. Yeah, I love <laughs> like recently. I love Coco. Yeah. It was the first Pixar of, film to make Talitha cry. Um, dude, it's a great story. Oh my goodness, it's a fantastic. <laughs> like story. it really is, man. They, but obviously, anyways. you know, it's it's bringing in other culture, other religions. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the Day of the Dead and all that. But right. For us, that's an opportunity not to just not to like pretend that there's not other cultures or religions, um, but to talk about that. And to talk about how to be respectful of other people's beliefs, but why we don't believe the same things as far as right. what concerns the afterlife and all of those kinds right. of things. So it, we try to use those as an opportunity. The other easy example with my older kids is Harry Potter, you know, sure. which is controversy, controversy, yeah. controversy, you know, like big time controversial for people uh, in certain circles and all of that. But for us, we decided instead of instead of just saying you can't engage this, engaging it with them. In a way yeah. where we try to discuss it and be like, okay, here are the things we can talk about from here. Here's what we believe about fiction, and here's what we believe about actual witchcraft that exists in the world. And right. and so using those things as opportunities to talk about our faith because they're they're going to encounter all of this, you know. And so being able to engage it and try and help them learn how to think about these things and think through it. And I know, I know we could keep talking about like all of this for forever. And maybe we need to do another episode about it. Maybe we should do another app because uh, we hadn't even talked about like toys and like that. That leads into conversations about all sorts of different things. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't really talked about books and resources that are out. like there are so many great resources that are out mm -hmm. there now. Uh, for, yep. for kids. And we've talked about those throughout different episodes. Some or of those at least been, we think they're great. We'll right, see. Right, right. <laughs> Some of those have been recommended on Bradford's Book Club. So um, so maybe we'll do another episode. Email uh, us. In a couple of weeks. Yeah, and email us. And yeah, talk parents. about some of those resources. But yeah, 
email parents of Shades Valley, email us about like what are things you're doing with your kids to try and disciple them towards Jesus, mm-hmm. to try and help them know how to encounter this world and the and the culture they experience in this world. And what are some great resources you found? It'd be awesome for us to put together a list of resources for Shades parents that aren't just parenting books. Those are fine and, and all, but but resources for actually kids to engage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, maybe we'll just continue this conversation later because I know... We'll do a part two. Let's yeah, do a part, part two. two. Yeah, this has been long and, and we've got... A lot has come up. Everybody's got from our childhood. to go. So, yeah, we need another session just for us to process. That's but. right. Well, thank you for listening and getting all the way to the end of this. There will be more in this conversation later, but... Email us at midweek at shadesvalley.org. And Brad, they should email us. Why? Because you're part of the conversation. We'll see you next. <laughs>